Oh man, I haven't realized just how long I haven't posted. I'm so sorry, but I always say this. No promises that I'm going to be back for good, but hmm, we don't know. <laughs> Hello, hello, welcome back to the podcast. It is your host Julianne, and this is Peachy Keen. So, it's been a while since I've posted, and not gonna lie, I've kind of stalled making this podcast because, first of all, I'm not really, sh- I wasn't really sure what I was going to say. Um, but second of all, it's just been. It was a heavy, heavy topic and a pretty heavy thing to deal with in the first place. Obviously, if you're tuning in right now, you know what I'm about to talk about. And um, if you don't, I will recap. But before I get into this, this is a this is more serious than what my other podcasts have been about. A little more, well, a little less introspective and a little more just thoughtful about the outer community and just how I among my friends and how I've noticed people have been processing of course it's still it was really wary the first week but I think it's a little more quote-unquote settled at least from where we are I can't say the same for the people who were involved but Please take everything I say with a grain of salt. This is still a personal um, outlook on things. And I want to keep in mind that this is not to disrespect anybody. Um, Like I said, this is, it's hard for everybody to process. And this is going to be the way I process. I've noticed that with a lot of people, it's really hard to fathom and in any given tough situation or circumstance it's a little bit easier to realize that other people are going through similar thought processes too so hopefully that this will i don't know help somebody understand that they may not have the same outlook but we might have the same feeling so okay getting into it so I believe it was about two weeks ago that the Oxford shooting occurred. Um, I live about 30 minutes from Oxford, Michigan, or 30 minutes from the school that it happened in, and I actually go to school pretty close to the area that the shooting occurred. On a not luckier note, but... um, somewhat coincidentally I actually was not in school that day I was up with my dad at a clinic doing something else um and helping him out and also doing something for college apps so I was not in school when they announced it but I came home and I saw texts from my friends saying that there was a shooting and people were dying people had died um I turned, tuned in on the news, there were four people who died, or three people at the time who died, um, and from then on it kind of just, it went on, 
I suppose. And as the days went on, it kind of got worse. That Tuesday after the shooting, I believe we still went to school, actually. But um, I think, oh no, I actually, I don't remember, honestly. Um, I know that, that Thursday and Friday, we were not allowed to go back to school. They canceled school. Um, so we got four days total as a weekend. And then Monday we came back and it was still pretty rough. I mean, the death count kept going up and the, the casualty count kept going up as well. There were people that we knew, um, from our, like our school, there were, there were people that we knew, um, friends, competitors, things like that, that we've all probably met, um, and it was just, it was really heavy to process. Personally, I don't have any, like, close connections to anybody at Oxford, um, aside from a couple family friends who live in the area who were a little shaken about it, but I know that a lot of my friends had like acquaintances or people they were close to at Oxford when the day went down. Um, there were people that <laughs> there were people who witnessed the tragedy and honestly it was it hit way closer to home than I think anybody could have ever expected. My reaction initially was just a lot of shock. I was kind of in disbelief that this happened. And I was in disbelief that it happened so close because I've been to Oxford, you know. I've been to that school. I've ran on their track. I've done orchestra, like, competitions at that school. I think people who do similar activities to me can also relate to the fact that, like, even if we didn't have that personal connection to the people that were affected, we have a personal connection to the area simply because we've been in the area and it's really not far from Troy. And it's it's really not far from the area that we live in. And as the days went on, it just got harder for me to want to go to school. A lot of the topic that came up in several different classes was that school is supposed to be a safe place, but what do you do when that safe place is threatened? What do you do when that safe place is unsafe? And that's what happened at that shooting. That's what happens with all school shootings because it's the last place that you believe or at least, it's not the last place you believe it could happen, but it's the last thing you'd think would happen to you. Because these occurrences are rare, honestly. You can look at the statistics and say that it's it's pretty common in the U.S., but you would never think, with a, with a shadow of the doubt, that it would happen close to home, close to you, close to the people that you love. Honestly... A lot of it, too, was confusion. I continuously asked myself, how could this happen? 
what was going on in the parents' minds to allow their child to go to school that day, what was going on in his mind that caused him to do that, what happened in his personal life, what happened in his school life, what was going on at home, what was going on, like, throughout their days, how did students not know, how, what if students did know, why didn't they say anything, there was just a series of questions that I think all of us had, and honestly, they went unanswered. It's, it was really off-putting because we would, we would all go in circles and you'd hear these rumors, and it wasn't, it was honestly the last thing that I wanted to do. I didn't want to indulge in any rumors. I just wanted facts. I wanted to know the truth. I wanted to know what was going on, and at the end of the day, a lot of people were just evading that truth, and up until now, people are, up until now, there were school shooting threats, um, for different school districts. The reason why we shut down in our school's district was because we got a couple shoot-up threats, and honestly, it's just unfortunate that that goes through somebody's mind, uh, whether as a joke or seriously, because at least in my opinion, it's really selfish to think that you'll vent and say that you'll shoot up the entire school when you're frustrated, you know? It's difficult to fathom why you would impose so much more harm and subject yourself to a lifetime of imprisonment at that point or some sort of jail time just because you didn't know how to truly vent it. And I think that's that's another thing. I think the fact that people aren't sure how to vent and we're teenage kids, obviously, we sometimes have hard times figuring out how to really vocalize our issues and try to work through them properly. Because a lot of the time, us as teenagers will all be like, oh, we're stressed. And then somebody else will be like, oh, me too. And then it'll lead to, oh, I want to kill myself. And then somebody else will be like, oh, same. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I do the same thing. And I'm always like, I'm done. You know, like, I'm over it. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just want to die kind of thing. Like, And I think all of us... You can't, you can't lie and say, I, you haven't said that once in this modern age. It's very normalized to say those kinds of things. It's normalized, unfortunately, to go through the motions of, like, saying stupid shit like that. And I've heard more than once that people will say, like, I just want to... I want to nuke the school, I want to bomb the school, like, I want to, sh like, this place is crap, like, s someone just shoot it up, and I've heard those things before, but, and I'm not going to excuse myself, because, honestly, those things could have easily been real, um, now that I think about it in retrospect, I'm sure that this kid probably said something as well, and everybody brushed it off. They didn't think it was serious. Even if they did think it was serious, they didn't do anything about it. I know that he posted on his Instagram 
and said, see you tomorrow, Oxford. And this kid was prepared. He had semi-automatic, like, gun and everything. He was prepared. He knew what he was doing when he turned himself over. And obviously it was was premeditated, you know. Those are the kinds of things where it's like, you wonder how you never really saw it coming. And you question if it was just a matter of mental health, if it was a matter of his parents not, like, his parents just not doing their job as parents. You question if there was some underlying issue at school and he was bullied. There are so many different cases that we just, you just don't know. And I think that's why, to me, it was really important to check in on my friends and also let myself go through the motions as well. I, I'm not the best at hiding my emotions. Um, I think people can vouch for me when they say that if I'm having a really tough time, it's painfully obvious in my face that I'm having a tough time. Um, even my English teacher <laughs> noticed that I was having a rough time because I wasn't smiling as much as I usually do. And I am always really fatigued and sleepy in my classes, even though I sleep copious amounts at home. It's one of those things where it's like, you don't you don't know how to fully cope. And you don't know where to go with yourself and with others. I had kind of a tough time um, processing this because I process things very vocally, but I also enjoy processing things by myself. Like, I think it's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, and I can kind of keep my own thoughts to myself at times because when I try to bounce them off other people, it kind of skews the way that I think. Um... Not to say that that's a bad thing. I think people's influence is always, can be a good thing. But personally, I do really well when I process things myself, even if it's vocal. And so, or at least physical where I write down things. And so when I realized that everybody was kind of processing things really, really differently, like even in the way that my teachers were going about handling the situations and talking about it, my first hour my teacher talked about how she had students there and that was fine all of us were pretty silent second hour my teacher wasn't there um the day we were back but over the comms we did a moment of silence third hour my teacher sat us down and talked to us about it and I actually cried that hour because I was really overwhelmed with just being back in school um this was the Monday after the Oxford shooting happened, just for context, by the way, (laughs) and he was talking to us about how it's okay to process things differently, it's okay to vocalize things and come up with different ideas and question, very, and it was very helpful because that's exactly the way that I process things, I need that kind of reassurance that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be shocked. My fourth hour, 
Again, it was pretty silent. There was no personal anecdote, but she gave us time to kind of reflect on it silently. And that hour, I kind of just sat there. (laughs) I didn't know what to write about. I just had thoughts going through my head in and out. Same thoughts that I I still have to this day sometimes. Um, Fifth hour, my teacher didn't say anything. She said that unless you really need to process things and talk about it, I'm here. But we're going to do the lesson because it's not how I process things. It's not how I go about handling this. And that's, I respected that. And my sixth hour, she let us do what we wanted because there, at that point, it was sixth hour, the day was almost over, and there was really nothing else we could have done to be productive about the situation, I suppose. And that just goes to show, like, between six teachers, they all had very different styles of reviewing the situation and kind of going over those details but they were all effective in their own way either for them or for me because although some hours were a little easier than others um, in terms of emotional support I suppose I still found that all my teachers were doing the best that they could with the given situation and honestly my school district was doing the best that they could to you know I guess just move on because what can you really do when these things happen aside from move on you can't really dwell on them you can take a moment and breathe and grieve especially and pay respect to the people ultimately died and lost their lives and tried to save others but I hate the saying life goes on but at the end of the day that's what happens I mean we're two weeks after everything has happened and transpired and I feel like everything is pretty much back to normal Um, I don't think this is something that will ever be forgotten, but again, where all you really can do is move on. And I still see updates about the school district in Oxford shutting down, opening up students posting on and off people still talking about it. Um, (laughs) I don't know and I remember I remember this one girl she told me that day that she just couldn't smile like she couldn't she couldn't bring herself to smile because it seemed wrong to smile on a day that you kind of realize that so many people died that last week, you know? And it's completely understandable, but that day, that same day, that Monday that we came back after the shooting, there were points in time where I just didn't want to talk about it, and it just kept coming up, you know? I'm not I'm not going to lie and say that I I took 
like a lot of time. Oh my gosh. That scared the crap out of me. I'm sorry, people were calling. People are calling me. <laughs> Which is so funny. This always happens when I'm recording a podcast. I'm sorry. But anyway. <laughs> Let me find out where I was in that in that in that anecdote. Okay. Okay, I remember now. I'm not going to say that I took copious amounts of time to really sort through my thoughts and go through that process. Um yeah, I can't, I can't say I did, because at some point, I realized that I also have to move on, I can't just think about this on end, and I, it sounds so bad to say, but I was grateful that I wasn't in that situation, because I honestly would not know what to do if I was placed in Oxford that day, I wouldn't know what to do if I had to sit with the fact that several people died in my school that day. It was already shaking me up that it happened 30 minutes away. And so my heart fully, fully, fully goes out to the people that were in that school that day who had to endure everything that happened and are most likely still processing the fact that that happened in the place of their education you know, luckily I'm a senior, you know, I only have one more year of high school, but it must be traumatic to the younger kids, it must be traumatic to everybody, honestly, but especially to younger kids who have to go through school for two, three, four more years, have to enter high school, you know, it's a different sensation, when you realize that this this impact, these these shooting threats, these things go so much deeper than what you really think that could happen, you know? Even on a personal level, I had to sit with the fact that, you know, these things happen all the time, not gonna lie. Even in middle school, there were so many shooting threats and dangerous people that would come around the school and there were bomb threats there were shutdowns in school and honestly a lot of people don't remember them because you kind of move on and you remember like life really does move along regardless of if you're fully over it or if you've forgotten, or if you just can't seem to get past it, you know, that's what happens to people who have PTSD, they're stuck in that past, and they can't seem to bring themselves to move forward, because they're so stuck, and it's, it's kind of scary to think that those things happen so, so often, it's scary to think that several people in this area are traumatized from this situation and moreover it's it's difficult to realize that both teens and adults alike had no idea what to do there was only so much we could do and there's only so many things that we genuinely could do to prevent it because our school has protocols in place we have the alice drills we have um different barricading 
<laughs> ways. And we have alert protocol. I think the the term or the acronym ALICE is like alert, locate, isolate. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the C is anymore. And then I think E is evacuate. I have no idea. Or come oh C is combat. I honestly don't know what Alice stands for. I know that I know the basic things that we have to do in those protocols, but yeah, we implement those, and teachers do their best to comfort students. Students try their best to carry on for the sake of our own education and for our sanity, and I think that's what everybody does. But at the end of the day. Adults would never know what teens are thinking. Teens will complain about literally everything and lash out because we're immature and stupid and we don't know how to handle our own emotions sometimes. And that goes, again, for everybody, but more over teenagers because we're young. <laughs> and at, at the end of the day, I think that's, I think that's what happens with a lot of people because... You don't think about the consequences when you're young. You don't think about the things that you're doing to yourself for years on end. Because when you make this decision to hurt others and you make this decision to, you know, shoot up a school or make threats or something, it's, oh my god two people already oh my gosh let me just wrap up my thoughts and then i'm gonna call these people back because it keeps scaring me when they call me like that <laughs> but yeah you don't you don't think about the consequences when you make these life-altering decisions because we're still teenagers you know we don't think anything is permanent um even if i'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure even if you commit, like, a crime as a juvenile, it, like, gets expunged or something. Like, it stays on your... I don't know if it stays on your record, actually, but I know that it dissolves at some point in some way, shape, or form. Don't take me on my word. I haven't researched that. But that's what, as far as I know in the current moment, um, that's what happens. But <laughs> it's just really heavy. And even more so when you're an adult, you could get charged so many sentences for so many years doesn't matter what you do but you can't you can't turn back around and say oh I didn't mean it because it, it's already been done you know the damage has been done people have been people have suffered people have died and as many questions I could ask about mental illness and parenting and the school district and their protocols and their safety guidelines and what the students could have done and what the teachers could have done there's only so much they could have done and they probably did everything that they could do but that doesn't change history and hopefully I pray to God so hard that this situation does not repeat itself, but unfortunately, there it just seems like 
these kinds of things have been happening so often and there are so many instances like Columbine and Oxford and Highland Park like there's I don't know and Sandy Hook Jesus like Sandy Hook happened this day I'm recording December 14th 2012 do you know how absolutely gut-wrenching that is that how many years ago nine years ago something similar happened and obviously not to the same degree because well I don't think you can compare when people die but it was a school shooting one was in high school one was in elementary school and the fact that nine years later something happened like this again you just you wonder when the cycle will end you wonder what will it take for something to fully change and for something to really really be implemented that these things don't happen anymore that these things are that like you wonder when guns will stop being so grossly misused and you wonder when school districts will be able to acknowledge that not all their students are are stable and when parents will realize that their their children could be making a bad decision or that their child needs help or their child needs more attention you know when will the government realize that something could be done about these situations if there was a drastic change but at the end of the day I don't know if everybody's ready for those changes I don't know if everybody is willing enough to change but at the end of the day what is more important what is more important the safety of the future generations, the stability of the government, the welfare of the community, all are valid, all are completely valid, and I don't say that they aren't, but you have to weigh so much and it weighs so, so heavily, and when these things happen, the burden falls on the greater community. So, I don't know. That's where my thoughts lie. I don't know if all of you think the same, but hopefully this was helpful to somebody. I have to start doing homework now and possibly call those people back who so rudely interrupted my podcast. But, Hopefully I will see you guys next week and I'll be able to record something else. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this and goodbye guys. See you later. <laughs> uh.